We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, week one for the Indianapolis Colts is officially over. And after a fourth quarter lead, the Indianapolis Colts lose this game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the 11-game home win streak for the home team of this rivalry has come to an end. This is the first time that Jacksonville has beaten Indianapolis in Indianapolis since 2017. And here we are. Uh, they lose 31 to 21. And I did want to get this right out the gate before we go any further with this. I know Anthony Richardson got banged up at the end of that game. But Shane Steichen reported to the media that Anthony Richardson is, in fact, fine. He escaped anything severe, might be a little sore, but at the end of the day, Anthony Richardson is fine and does not have any severe uh, medical problems. So we're all good there. Everyone can take a deep breath on that. But uh, let's go ahead and hop into it here, Cody. I mean... First things first, we got to talk about Anthony Richardson. That's the one thing everyone wants to talk about here. Anthony Richardson, 24 of 37, 223 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, also had 10 carries for 40 yards and a touchdown and was sacked four times today with a QBR of 79. What did you overall think of Anthony Richardson's day? I thought pretty much what we expected, you know, some highs, some lows, some, eh, you know, like a little bit of everything. You know, I thought he looked really, really good at times. He had a couple times where he led the Colts on drives, looked very efficient. Then there were times where it felt like he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And so, you know, it was just, and that's what we expect from Anthony Richardson, right? It's just, you know, the goalposts and kind of what our view is long-term on Anthony Richardson hasn't changed. You know, that's what we expected. It's like we expected him to have those issues. We expected him to, you know, have some inaccuracies, get off rhythm sometimes, right? And we also expected him to have the high highs, you know, have the big runs, you know, have the passing touch, like, you know, do those plays off script 
And I think we saw exactly what we thought, you know, with Anthony Richardson. And so good to see that he's not too banged up. You know, it was a little bit scary on that one, especially with in a game where, you know, you're it's kind of out of reach at that point. It's like, oh, you hate to see those kind of injuries, um, especially to your franchise quarterback. But I thought, you know, you saw that with all the rookies. You saw some ups, you saw some downs. And I think Richardson, for the most part, you know, and some people will disagree with this, I, I was encouraged with what I saw for the most part. You know, knowing that this is just the beginning for him. If that's what week one looks like, and we've said it all along, Derek, right, that we fully expect under Shane Steichen, and this is the hope, that, you know, week one won't look like week 17 or week 14 or whatever it is, you know. Like, it won't look the same. Like, Anthony Richardson will hopefully be a much better player later on in the season than he is here in week number one. And so I think overall with Richardson, he wasn't great. He had issues. He made a bad throw. He underthrew a guy, you know, turnover that kind of swung the pendulum the other way for Jacksonville, you know, gave them a short field, and then they were able to punch it in and take a 10-point lead, you know, and that's just how the NFL works sometimes with momentum. But, uh, you know, I thought he led a, was leading a good drive back. And it kind of makes you wonder, you know, as they were leading that drive back to close the game, I know they ultimately turned it over when Richardson went out of that game. But it makes you think, like, what the heck? Like, why is it? Why was that so easy? You know, like, why couldn't you have done that the entire game? You know, it seemed like he got into a rhythm and then got out of a rhythm for a while. And certainly I know there were other pieces that definitely didn't help in that department. But. I thought overall Richardson looked fine, and I don't really think he was the issue for Indianapolis offensively. I thought he made some plays. He had some moments. I'm not absolving him of blame at all because he definitely had some boneheaded moments. But overall, I, I was just fine with what Richardson did on Sunday against Jacksonville. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, like you said, for this point, I mean, if if you're telling me that this is the worst that Anthony Richardson is going to be this year at and completing 65% of his passes for 223 yards, a touchdown and an interception, and also having uh, 40 yards on the ground and a touchdown in every game, then I cannot wait to see what what end of year Anthony Richardson looks like. Because that that's going to be a whole hell of a lot better, like you said. The uh, this game, I mean, I even went into it at halftime and said that you know Anthony Richardson was by far and away the best player on the field for us when we were playing in that first half. 
no question about it. Um, no, no doubt that there were a couple of throws that he could have made that definitely could have changed uh, a few outcomes in this game for sure. I mean, he missed Josh Downs when he was getting pressured earlier. And of course, uh, he ended up also uh, missing Kylan Granson on that third and 13. Obviously, very upset with himself, showed that emotion at the end. But Anthony Richardson, I, I fully did not expect him to look as good as he did. Yeah, I don't. I fully expected Richardson to look a lot worse than what he did, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I did not have high expectations of it. And, you know, there was, he was doing well enough that, the this team had a good chance of winning this game up until the final few minutes. So, I mean, very impressive with Anthony Richardson even said after the game saying how, you know, he's very upset with himself that they didn't win and said that that clearly means I didn't play well enough if we didn't win and says that, you know, he's more upset with the loss than than what his knees dealing with right now. So, you know, it is what it is. He's a tough dude. He's only going to get better. Um, I thought Shane Steichen had a couple of really great uh, things dialed up for him. But we now go into the part of the team, Cody, that I think we all can agree that it was the rest of the offense that was not on Richardson's level today. Richardson was on the peak level when it came to this offense. Everyone else was just a step below him or multiple steps. And a lot of that had to do with the rushing attack. Needless to say, here's here's the final stat. So if you take away Anthony Richardson, the Colts ran the ball 16 times between Deion Jackson, Jake Funk, and Evan Hall. They totaled 25 yards. On 16 carries. So you averaged one and a half yards per carry on the ground today. That will never get you a win. You will never win a football game if you are unable to uh, run the football. Now, I get it that Jonathan Taylor and and, uh, Zach Moss were not running the football today. That makes a huge difference. But nevertheless, I mean... You and I talked about it before this. I mean, Deion Jackson especially was not uh, taking care of the football today, and it showed. Yeah, I mean, Deion Jackson should not see the field, in my opinion. Now, I know it just because you didn't have that many running backs with Zach Moss being ruled out and then obviously Evan Hall you know, being ruled out as well. Um, you just didn't really have a choice at that point. It was just him and, and Jake Funk. And so, yeah, Deion Jackson put the ball on the field, you know, twice, put the ball on the turf twice. And I know the second time it's like, well, he was it was already going to be a turnover anyway. I don't care. You hold on to that football. Like, that's just bad football right there from Deion Jackson. And, and drive killers, honestly. Um, and so, yeah, I think the Colts need to look outside of their building for sure. They need yeah, – I know they've been monitoring a couple different guys. It's time to pull the trigger because – especially Deion Jackson. He was god-awful. He was the worst player on the offense, and there was no question about that. He couldn't consistently couldn't find, you know, the ball, you know, couldn't find the holes. I know there weren't a whole lot, but consistently was getting hit, you know, at the line of scrimmage, could not break tackles, couldn't catch the ball, was putting the ball on the turf, and you just don't need a player like that. You know, if he's going to continue to do that, I mean, he was more of a more of a detriment to this offense than an asset, that's for sure. And you just – 
you can do better than Deion Jackson, to be frank with you. If he's going to put that on the field, that's just that's unacceptable, uh, no matter who you are. And so she certainly didn't do himself any favors in this running back rotation. And again, we'll see, you know, but I think it just it, it begs a question. And I know, Derek, we're going to probably have a video on it like that maybe gives Jonathan Taylor a little bit more leverage because you look at all the other backs. It's, it wasn't pretty, like you mentioned, at all for Indianapolis. And so, yeah, the running game was absolutely atrocious all day long and, and partly in due, you know, to the running backs, but partly in due to the offensive line, especially that interior, man. I tell you what, for as much as that unit is hyped up in the interior, they were awful today, completely terrible. And it was bad. It was really, really bad for this offensive line. And um, it's kind of, frankly, it was surprising how bad it was at times. So you just, frankly, you could not run the ball. Even Richardson, the 255-pound quarterback, couldn't sneak it on fourth and one it's, or fourth and inches. It's so strange how we just can't run the football in Jacksonville anymore. Like, I no. mean, Jonathan Taylor's first year against Jacksonville, he ran all over them. But after that, it's like the, the Colts just don't know how to run the football against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't get it. Every time mm-hmm. they just struggle. And, and I don't get any of that. I mean, I don't know who said it on Twitter, but it was a great tweet. Deion Jackson did more for Jonathan Taylor's contract than Jonathan Taylor did all offseason. Uh, because, you know, he, they, they showed you just how much they're actually missing a running back right now. Because clearly there's not a good enough one on our roster to make any kind of impact uh, for yeah. what we want to be try fair. To to be fair, before he was getting injured, I, I liked what Evan Hall was bringing. But again, you don't know how long he's going to be out now with yeah. that injury. Didn't come back, you know, with, I believe it was a, I don't remember what it was. It was a, or something like that. They didn't believe it to be an ACL. Uh, they yeah. claimed it's not that serious. But you're right. Like, we don't know when he's coming back. Um, mm-hmm. See, so now you're stuck with, no, you have... Until Zach Moss is able to come back, which you hope presumably next week, then what you have right now is Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, and Jake Funk. Uh, and yeah. Until Evan Hall comes back, probably in a week or two. But until then, that's all you got. And we'll have the video on uh, Jonathan Taylor and the running back situation later on. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. The, Anthony Richardson sacked four times. Granted, it was only for eight yards, so it's not like they were losing a lot of yardage in the sacks that they were giving up because Richardson, more times than not, Anthony Richardson was just getting pushed out like a yard or two behind the line of scrimmage when he was trying to escape the pressure. But it's very safe to say that they were not elite in this game and they weren't even, they they really weren't even good. And of course, we know with the run blocking, they got no push at all. Never. No. Josh them. Allen had three sacks in this game. Braden Smith was horrendous in this game. Well, I don't know what it is with Braden Smith, but every year when he starts, week one, he's terrible. And I don't understand why that is. Because most of the time, he has been a really good offensive tackle, a really good right tackle. So I just don't understand it. I don't understand why he can never come out of the gates playing well and he's always a liability in week number one I mean we've seen it Derek over the years like Braden Smith just gets bullied sometimes and it's just no really any no reason and Richardson getting sacked four times he probably should have been sacked about six or seven Derek 
He had a couple times where he threw the ball away just because of how athletic he is. And was able to avoid a couple just because of how strong he is. Yeah, so I'll just say this, Derek. Chris Ballard, he is deserving all the blame right now. Yep. Chris Ballard deserves all the blame. Doesn't doesn't want to address the biggest elephant in the room. Keeps saying how— Everybody knows it except for him. Everybody knows it. Everybody's yeah. been saying you pay like, Braden Smith. You're paying Braden Smith eighteen million dollars a year to do nothing to get blown up by Josh Allen at twice every year and give up six sacks. Quentin Nelson's getting paid twenty million dollars and and he's not getting a push. Ryan Kelly, who's getting paid thirteen million dollars a year to do absolutely nothing. You know, it's just it's so it's so uncharacteristic of what this offensive line once was to just have this situation keep unfolding and and not even for just the pass coverage, but just the inability to get any push on the front line at all. And unfortunately it's becoming the the norm now, Derek. And and that's not good. You know, it's becoming the norm where this offensive line's continuously, they were the bullies at one point they're getting bullied now and it's consistent now. And it's getting, it's getting, it makes you nervous because you're like, how much have you invested in this group just for that to be the result? You know, and you like to blame you like to blame Chris Strouser. You like to you know you like to blame all the circumstances last year, but it's the same guys with the same issues as last year. Yep. And it's just like you you said you brought in this new life with Tony Sprano Jr., but I didn't see a lot of difference. You know, especially in the pass pro game, and so it's like I don't know what you're what you want me to do. Like in the you just throw your hands up because you're like, my gosh, like, how does this continuously be an issue where you can't figure it out? Because these, you know, you have three guys that have played at elite levels at points in their careers. And you're just like, what? Why do they continue to struggle? You know, like, you know, they have talent. So what is the issue? Why does this continue to be a thing where it's like they just almost are playing like, you know, like they're not playing like the alphas out there. They, it's like they they come in, they are the nail, not the hammer, to, to take an old football cliche. You know, you always talk about be the hammer, not the nail. They're the nail a lot of times, and and I don't understand it. I just don't get it. And you thought that Tony Soprano was going to bring it in, and, you know. So, so far through one week, thing, it's very apparent it's not fixed. It's not fixed. And, again, they have a chance to bounce back, but Chris Ballard deserves it all. Like, give him all the blame because he was out there saying, we like the unit we had. He had multiple chances in free agency in the draft to upgrade, and he just chose to not do it. It's not for a lack of money. Like, they have money to pay guys. Yep. But it's just, again, Derek, his biggest flaw continues to kill this team. It's his stubbornness and his, honestly, loyalty to a fault to certain players. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, just not wanting to – hurt anyone's feelings and be like, Oh yeah, we're going to move on because we think this other guy, either he either Ballard and company isn't good at recruiting O linemen or they are, or they're incapable of understanding good offensive line talent when they see it. Because I mean, it's, it's just so weird. Cause it's like, you can't tell me that we can't do better than what we're doing right now from somebody from somewhere. But Right. And blind, it's like blind faith in players that really haven't proven recently, you know, and that, that was his flaw last year with Matt Pryor and uh, Danny Pinter continues to be an issue. And it's like, 
like he had multiple chances. Like it's not like he had no, you know, ways to upgrade. I mean, we were saying it for goodness knows how long. Dalton Richter is still out there. All these guys are still out there. You can draft a guy. They don't draft a guy. It's like, well, you know, at the end of the day, if the offensive line continues to be an issue and you don't address it, that is the definition of insanity, Derek, where it's like, you know, just continuing to do the same, same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And that's what Chris Ballard has done with this offensive line. And, and I know you talked about, like, wanting to hurt people's feelings and stuff. This is a bizarre thing to me. They had no problem moving on from Darius Rush. They've had no problem cutting guys in the past when they haven't cut it. So why is the offensive line different? Like, why is it different? Why is, you know, they say no job is safe. Well, this offensive line, their jobs have been safe this whole offseason. They have done absolutely nothing to push these guys when it comes to, like, nobody nobody on that offensive line felt like their job was at risk. Nobody did. There's no challenge there from this group. And so they can play knowing, you're not going to replace me. You're not going to replace me. And here we are. We talk about this, I feel like, every single year. It's like, I mean, what do you do except say, Ballard, you're basically laying in your own tomb right now. Like, you're laying in the bed that you have made yourself because of your stubbornness and your bullheadedness, thinking that this unit would be fine just the way it is. Well, it's not fine. It wasn't fine last year. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can change all the coaches you want, but if you don't have the talent and the proven guys there, you know, like I know these guys have been proven in the past, but last year, no, none of these guys deserve that. You know, none of these guys deserve to be just handed a job, you know, and I can keep going on and on, but yeah. it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's funny just how, how sometimes it's like, you know, I don't feel bad for Chris Ballard because he does this to himself. I feel bad for Anthony Richardson. I do. Yeah. Because it's like, give this guy some protection out there, man. And, and just the continual, they talked all about this, you know, it was communication, it was communication. Well, that wasn't, you know, there was some miscommunication, but that was physical, Derek. They got out muscled today. Yeah. They got beat up on that offensive line. They did. They absolutely did. And it seems to happen every time against Jacksonville. I don't understand it, but Jacksonville just always seems to have our number with it. But maybe Jacksonville's just defensive line is just that elite. But whatever. We move on from just that to one of the more frustrating parts for me as well was this wide receiver group. So Michael Pittman finished out the game with eight catches for 97 yards and a touchdown catching uh, Anthony Richardson's first touchdown pass of his career on that 39 yard screen. Kylan Granson, four catches for 39 yards today. Josh Downs, three catches for 30 yards. Drew Ogletree had one catch for 20 yards in which I think he was taken out of the game for the whole time because I don't know if I saw him again after that because he got hit in the head uh, by their safety. Uh, Deion Jackson also had five catches for 14 yards. So well, here's the thing, Cody. So I, I look at all these numbers, but I have to look at it in context. Michael Pittman, all eight of those catches came in the second half. None of them were in the first half when we really could have used some offense. And then Kylan Granson, I mean, they didn't get him as involved uh, later in the game as I would have liked. Obviously, 
Richardson missed that one pass to Kylan Granson, which would have been a 20-yard gain uh, if he would have hit him there. Josh Downs, outside of the first two drives, Cody, Josh Downs did not get involved at all in in the game. And Alec Pierce, where the heck was Alec Pierce all game? They never attempted to throw it to him deep. I don't know if it's just because he's not open or if it's because the offensive line wasn't protecting enough to be able to do that, or if Anthony Richardson just didn't want to throw it deep because he was afraid of making a mistake. I don't know what's going on. but And then I also look at the guy on the last bit here for the ESPN was Mo Cox, who had two targets in this game, but yet I just don't understand in any way, shape, or form how Mo Ali Cox continues to be utilized in this offense in no way, shape, or form, but yet you want to inactivate Will Mallory for no other purpose other than just saying Mo Ali Cox is getting paid. But like it just for the the wide receiver, like just in general today was so spotty. And I have no idea whether or not. It w- who's more to blame for it. I mean, I'd imagine it's probably a good combination of everything. Richardson not making some of the throws, uh, wide receivers not getting open, guys not making making plays. You know, it's just, it's so spotty. Like, Pittman had four catches on that one drive to start the, thir- the second half, and outside of that, he was nowhere to be found. Josh Downs outside of the first two drives, nowhere to be found. Alec Pierce, nowhere to be found. Isaiah McKenzie never got a target. It's like, how is Anthony Richardson supposed to get continue to get better if your guys aren't getting involved in the game plan? How How is that? I don't understand how that happens. Yeah, I don't understand like going away from certain guys because it's not like these receivers, they were making plays, you know, like Pittman made a play on a nice on a screen pass, took it to the house. He had a couple nice catches. You know, Josh Downs looked really good early. And I don't think it was a lack of like these guys weren't open. You just didn't throw, you didn't target them, you know, and it was really confusing what was going on. Now, I think you're right. I think it was partly the offensive line and partly to you know, Richardson just had some inaccurate throws as well. You couldn't get into a rhythm at times, you know, couldn't run the ball. It just, you know, all that crap that happened. And it really didn't allow you to, you know, get into a rhythm. But you still, you know, you're like, what is going on? Like, why are these guys like all of a sudden they're like the focal point of the offense? And then all of a sudden they're just not anymore. I don't know. It's kind of a little bit confusing. I felt like the Colts got very conservative and they shouldn't have. You know, they, they were very, very, you know, trying to still establish the run when they're down to their fourth string running back at that point is just like, I don't know. I just felt like you needed to kind of get more aggressive. And you saw Derek, I mean, I know you didn't see it because you had to take off, but like at the end of the game, like you think marched right down the field when they started throwing it to those guys again, to Pittman, to Downs, to Granson, like they started moving the ball down the field. And I'm like, why did it take this long? For you to start getting into that rhythm again, you know, like, you know, why did, why, why were you trying to run the ball on first or second down and going to third and longs and then not giving yourself an opportunity to, to continue moving on the drops? Like when they started throwing those short to intermediate routes, you know, and getting five, six yards, like a pop, like 
They moved it right down the field. And I think if Richardson hadn't gotten hurt on that scramble play, they probably would have scored there, Derek. And so it was just really confusing why they went away from some of the things that they did well. You know, it's very well documented at this point, my beef with Frank Reich, you know, at times where it's just like, why'd you go away from the things that were working? And so I just, I was confused why the Colts kind of did something similar there. And again, I know there are more factors than just that, but like, it just seemed like, you just went away from some of the things that were effective against Jacksonville. And so he didn't have enough guys that took over outside of Michael Pittman. I mean, Pittman and Ridley had the same stats in today's game, but at the end of the day, Jacksonville had Zay Jones who had five catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. Evan Ingram, every time he caught it, seemed like it was moving the chains. Travis Etienne had a couple of them that really moved the ball down the field. Like that's the only difference, but it's like you spread the ball out so dang much to these guys. Nobody gets into a rhythm. Like Cody, Alec Pierce had less receiving yards than all three of our running backs. Jake Funk, Evan Hall, and Deion Jackson all had more receiving yards than your number two wide receiver. Like, how does that, how do you possibly win a game when your second guy, the guy that's supposed to catch 50-yard bombs from your quarterback every game, somehow doesn't get involved in the offense? How are you supposed to gain any kind of rhythm? when there's only one guy that does anything for you, and that's Michael Pittman, who really only showed up on two drives. Like, that's it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Very confusing. Uh, very weird strategy from the Colts today because, yeah, I mean, we talked about it. Like, how are you going to get into a rhythm if you don't continue to target these guys, you know? And they made plays. Like, that's the thing that's the most frustrating is, like, Michael Pittman was making catches when you threw the ball his way. Like, I don't think he had a drop today, Derek. So, like, he did everything he possibly could when he got the ball in his hands. It's just like a matter of, like, why didn't you get the ball in his hands more often? And he still almost had 100 yards on the day. So, yeah, just very strange kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I don't understand it. And, again, it's Anthony Richardson's first game. It's Shane Steichen's first game as a head coach. Not absolving them because I think they definitely were part of the issue. But, you know, I'm hoping that they take this and they learn from it. This is really their first ever time, you know, together, you know, in an actual NFL setting. So. Uh, didn't love it. Want to see guys like Alec Pierce getting more involved. Want to see more of these, you know, receivers getting more consistent reps there. 
Um, but yeah, the Colts were definitely out of balance today when it came to running and throwing the football and uh, definitely wasn't great. Well, and now we move to the defense. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, Cody, I, I know a lot of people will, again, look at the number and be like, oh, look at that. It's, it's They gave up 31 points. No, they didn't give up 31 points. The offense made it very difficult for this defense to continue to do things the way they wanted to. There was how many times Jacksonville went for it on fourth down, stopped them every time. And that defensive touchdown by DeForest Buckner, uh, shout out to DeForest Buckner, by the way. Uh, Zaire Franklin today had 18 tackles on the day, uh, was the leading tackler. Shaq had eight. Uh, DeForest had seven. I mean, I went into halftime, Cody, talking about how uh, this team's defensive line needed to step up. They needed to do something. And sure enough, I said that the whole second half, the defensive line dominated. I mean, they, they were dominant up front. They were, of course, when Sheriff went out with their uh, best guard, you know, that definitely hurt. DeForest Buckner was starting to make Trevor Lawrence's life hell back there uh, for a long period of time. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I know they weren't perfect. Of course they weren't. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they gave up 105 yards on 35 attempts. Yeah, you. they averaged three yards a carry. It's not like Jacksonville was running the ball all over us. And, I mean, outside, I mean, literally the entirety of the, uh, the offensive production from passing-wise came from four dudes. Like, that's it. Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, and Travis Etienne. Kirk wasn't even involved in the game plan all, ga- all game. So, and and a bunch of those, I even told you in the first half, a bunch of those were wild catches that nine out of 10 other times, those passes are either batted down or are picked off. And it's, it was some crazy stuff happening for Jacksonville early on. But I sit here and I say, like, I'm, I was happy with our defense the way that it was. I thought they would look way worse today than what they were. And they had that interception. They had the fumble that resulted in the touchdown. Uh, They got to Trevor Lawrence twice. Um, I thought that all things considered, especially for as inconsistent as the offense was and for as bad as the special teams was, putting them on uh, Indy's side twice in a drive to – be able to do as well as they did, I thought they actually played pretty well. Yep, for the most part. Again, ETN had that like 26-yard run at the end of it. But before that, I mean, he you know, he averaged 4.3. So you take that out, he's you know, under four yards of carry. I thought Indianapolis did a good job outside of that, you know, last play there for ETN of containing him. And uh yeah, I mean I felt like they definitely stepped it up. They had multiple times in short yardage. It was Crazy. It's like the defense and the offensive line completely different. Yeah. Like the offensive line for the Colts was so bad in short yardage. The defensive line was fantastic for the most part in short yardage situations. And so, yeah, I mean, I felt like the defensive line, you know, first, you know, the first quarter, first half, you know, they had a couple times where they were kind of inconsistent and that allowed Lawrence to scramble out, throw, you know, some nice passes and stuff. But felt like that defensive line really stepped it up. I mean, Really, all the defensive linemen I thought played well. You know, Quiddy Pay had 
a sack and a couple tackles for loss. Samson Mabukum had a nice tackle for loss, was in on a sack as well. You know, we already know DeForest Buckner had this had the strip. Um, and then also he had the the recovery for the touchdown. And then Grover Stewart, I thought, just continues to dominate in the interior. So I felt like the defensive line as a whole played pretty well. It was pretty encouraging to see how they looked. Um, and hopefully they can continue to do that moving forward. Um, felt like the linebackers played pretty well. Shaq was okay. He had like eight tackles on the day. It wasn't spectacular, but he was all right. I mean, the big thing for him, I think, is just getting back on the field and getting live reps, right? So Shaq was on there. Obviously, Zaire was fantastic. Um, the cornerbacks had some issues, but I felt like for the most part, they held up pretty well. Um, Daryl Baker was probably the one that had a little bit more of the issues. But again, he was the one guarding Ridley for a while, and then they put Kenny Moore on him. And that kind of seemed to to silence him a little bit more. I mean, really, Derek, you look at Calvin Ridley in the first half, he nearly had 100 yards. He only finished with 101 the whole rest of the game. So I mean, Kenny Moore did a great job on him in the second half. And so felt like this defense, for the most part, you know, it's very similar to what we saw last year, Derek, in a lot of ways with this defense. It's like the defense played well enough to win, right? But they just got worn down at the end because the offense couldn't do anything. And the offense consistently is putting them in bad positions. And eventually it's, you know, it's going to collapse. It's going to happen. And so I felt like the defense played more than well enough to win this game. They had multiple times where they gave the offense. Gosh, I think of even like two drives specifically, Derek, where the Colts gave, where they gave the Colts great field position, and the Colts just did not capitalize at all on offense. So I thought the defense did pretty much all it could do, given the circumstances. Also considering how good of an offense Jacksonville is, I felt like the defense played honestly above expectations in a lot of ways. So hopefully they keep that energy going into Houston, um, and if they do, I think they have a great chance again to uh, to, to really uh, disrupt C.J. Stroud next week. Yep. And uh, and last thing we can talk about here, and that is the special teams. Uh, yeah, I mean Cody, it was bad. Uh, Rigoberto Sanchez did not look good. Um, I don't I don't mm-hmm. know if he was hurt um, in that game, and that was the best he could do. But he was averaging forty one and a half yards a punt. Uh, that's not normal for what Rigoberto Sanchez is typically capable of doing. And we saw the, we saw the one return at the end, Sanchez pins him inside the five. And then somehow, some way everyone forgot to contain Agnew and Agnew takes it from the five yard line all the way in to uh, the 43 yard line of Indy, which set up the, touchdown which gave Jacksonville the lead so thanks special teams for ruining the defense's chances and second of all why the heck is Moali Cox on the punt team I have no idea what that's about but that is probably the stupidest decision that anyone could ever make in the history of the world is to allow the slowest tight end on the field to be on the punt team but at the end of the day I mean that that cost us a lot of points, Cody, and that's going to be very concerning that if Sanchez can't kick a punt over 50 yards and if uh, and if we're at a situation where our punt coverage can't stop anyone from getting to their side of the field. Yep. 
Yep, exactly. Special teams didn't do great. And here's another thing, Derek. I don't know what your thoughts were, but why did you sign Matt Gay to that massive deal if you're not going to use him? You had multiple times where you could have kicked three points and you just decided not to for whatever reason. Like, I understand trusting your players and doing it sometimes. There were times where I'm like, you should have just probably kicked that field goal, taking the points, man. I mean, it was that close of a game right where points were at a premium, you know, and so I just felt like it. You probably should have done that. You didn't even get to see Matt Gay attempt a field goal today. But, yeah, Rigo just was not himself today. And so hopefully it was just a bad game. He can get it out of his system and he can be back to the player he was. But it is a little bit concerning because, yeah, like, I mean, if he's going to go out there and do that every week, it's like, oh, boy, you might have a little bit of an issue here at Hunter. So hopefully it's it's nothing. Um, hopefully it was just a bad game. And he has still had a couple nice punts. It was just – he had a couple that you're like, what was that? You know, that wasn't what we're usually used to. So, uh, yeah, special teams not great today for Indianapolis. And definitely, I think, was a big factor into the big swing that happened from Indianapolis being up three to down ten and like that, you know. And that was a big reason why was the big special teams return from Agnew. I think it kind of pumped some life into Jacksonville, and they were able to go do that. So, yeah, special teams got to be better moving forward. Uh, wasn't great, and uh, hopefully Brian Mason's group can regroup against Houston, and it can be a better outing. Yep, absolutely. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know your thoughts on the Colts' loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, again, let us know your thoughts. Thank you guys so much for all the support and the live stream. Greatly appreciated. And as always, guys, go Colts. Yeah.